Are you ready? Oh yeah! Let me tell you something, brother. If you're looking for the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be in the podcasting universe, then look no further than Ring Ring the the Bell. Bell. Bringing you the best in the world at what we do, and what we do is take over the world of wrestling reviews, baby. Now, Ring the Bell. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to a very festive Bring the Bell. I am your host, Andrew, once again, it's Mr. Ross Bell. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm good. Merry Christmas. Yeah, and to you as well, and to all our listeners. Yes, uh, if you live in the UK, it's a shit show, quite simply at the moment. Uh, if you're in Tier 2, then you're lucky, because right now we, uh, as we record this, are deep in the heart of Tier 4. Yeah, Tier 4... For life, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully not. For life, uh, but who knows right now? Yeah. So to celebrate this Christmas uh, and the shit show that is this Christmas, we thought we'd symbolise that by reviewing one of the worst shit shows of a WWE pay per view of all time. <laughs> ECW December to dismember. Oh, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Now, I think that this was actually your idea at the end of the last page for you. I come up with some terrible ideas for us to do when we do them um, with gusto. But this, I think this was actually your idea. <laughs> it was. If we go back a week, we'll go back a couple of weeks, actually. We <laughs> the, the, the Billy Gunn episode last week, um, the final part of that flashback uh, trilogy. Uh, thanks again to Ed for that. Um, yeah, we decided to celebrate Christmas and this being the Christmas weekend, as, as you first hear this. Uh, on release we thought we'd go back to uh, a famous moment in christmas wrestling history yeah and we'd plunge deep headfirst into this horrific <laughs> horrific show that was going to give you a few facts about just to kind of set the, the ground and lay the groundwork for what kind of show you've got coming up here yeah uh taking place in that known ecw town and stranglehold that is augusta georgia which of course was the home state of WSW for many, many a year. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, yeah, really? first off the bat, like I mean, the wor- one of the probably the worst possible place you could hold an ECW show because this style and the the South style they don't mix. They're not like interchangeable. Like I mean, you can kind of get away with it. WWE uh, WF is New York. Philly is really close to New York. It's it's kind of the same place almost. This is completely different. Don't hold it in the South. I think it's WSW really run Augusta. They hmm. run. Atlanta or yeah. anywhere else in Georgia. Like yeah. WSW barely run at Augusta. So what the hell were they thinking? With oh, we're going to run the SW show, barely promote it, as we'll get into. Let's put it in Georgia. But you couldn't have found anywhere in Philly, anywhere around Philly, somewhere in New York. I mean, the thing is they run the Hammerstein for ECW on TV occasionally. You couldn't have booked that place out for a pay-per-view, really? Ludicrous. Uh, 48,000... Uh, sorry, 4,800, I wish 48,000. 4,800 <laughs> independents uh, in Augusta. Uh, this would end up being, until the network launched in 2014, this would end up being the lowest buy, lowest brought or lowest buy rate in WWE history. Yeah. 55,000 domestic buys. It would take until Vengeance in 2011 to have something that got even close to that. Uh, that finished with 130,000 buys in total. Now, this had uh, 90,000 overall because 40 or so, 35 of that was international. Yeah. God bless us in Europe for buying this shit. Mm. Uh, or he's watching it. Uh, I mean, we would have been, this would have been live on Sky, wouldn't it, for us? Yeah. Because we barely 
we had box office, uh, and obviously we had that horrible year of Channel 4. Yeah, that was the worst. But we never really had box office. We didn't really buy pay-per-views, did we? We had it lucky compared to everywhere else. Yeah, you'd, you'd have what uh, Mania Rumble and a couple of others would be just like randomly on pay-per-view throughout the year. But then a lot of it would just be, yeah, Sunday night, Sky Sports, tune in. And this was one of them. I remember watching it. I've watched a show since I watched this live in 2006, and it was as bad as I remember. I don't think, I think this is kind of, I, I had lulls in the early 2000s in wrestling. I was, I was certainly not watching the rebooted ECW product, product. I watched the very first episode on sci-fi and there was a zombie and I turned off and never watched the, the, their, their version of ECW ever again. So a little um, backstory before we really get into this. So uh, in 2004, 2005, they, WWE put out the Rise and Fall of ECW DVD, which blew all expectations out of the water, sold by the bucket load, sold millions and millions. WWE, never shy of thinking, how can we milk this even further? <laughs> Thought, right, let's have an ECW pay-per-view. Yeah. Let Paul Heyman book it. We'll book uh, an ECW arena, and we will just step back and let them take it. So they got a bunch of ECW guys involved, everyone from ECW involved. Some WWE guys sort of went back in time and, you know, did do ECW characters, new ECW gimmicks, and it got feedback positive all over because it was authentic, it was original, and it was so different to what we had in 2005 in WWE. Mm. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. This was not a good time for WWE. They were they were heavily transitioning, weren't they? Mm-hmm. It was like a long time to transition to what they would eventually get. To. Probably 14 <laughs> years later. A year later, just under a year later. Um, because ECW was still big and it was still selling and it was still getting ECW chance and everything. Uh, the company announced that they would be launching ECW as a standalone brand, which would have a weekly show on sci-fi. They gave the company a 13-week summer series order for the TV show. Uh, ratings actually would be really good early on and would give them a renewal through to the end of 2007. So sci-fi were all on board with this. They felt it would fit in with their with their demographic and it would get a whole new... Uh, viewership as well of, of wrestling fans coming over to sci-fi and it was you know there was positivity so okay well you did that a year ago this could be good get some guys on board under contract purely for that brand and this would be different to on smackdown this would be a completely third option for viewers that as you said it wasn't a good time people wanted that change ecw yeah Paul Heyman was on board as the lead creative force obviously uh, he wrote the script but he had to submit it to Vince for final approval whatever uh, Hayden was also the on-air ECW representative uh, and general manager and basically all over boss. Uh, June 11th, they held one night stand for the second year in a row. This time there was a lot more WWE involvement on the card, uh, including John Cena dropping the, East, the WWE Championship to RVD in the main event. Very memorable main event. Edge got yeah. involved and, yeah. and so so forth. Uh, this would set up that two nights later it was going to debut on Sci-Fi, the ECW TV show. So this was the perfect sort of set up for that. Joey Styles had done that shoot promo, work shoot, to get off of Raw to transition over to ECW. Uh, RVD, as the new WWE champion, went on to the ECW TV show, was named the new ECW world champion, as well as the WWE champion, so it was uh, two belts. As you mentioned, the Zombie debuted on the uh, first episode of ECW at the request of Sci-Fi, because they wanted to fit even further in with their demographic, and they thought, we need a zombie. So we got the Zombie. Of all the sci-fi characters to go for. Yeah. As long as... Uh, very early on, fans 
criticised the brand because the formatting was all over the place. It was it was WWE. There was no old school sort of hardcore style. Countouts and DQs were standard. Uh, you only had hardcore rule ECW matches in specified extreme rules matches. It was a normal show. It just had ECW branding. It, yeah, it, it looked like heat. It looked like Vossi. It just looked like, well, this is where we send our C-level talent to wrestle. But really, who could have been surprised? Like, Did well, they honestly think you would get an ECW start show presented by WWE in 2006? Like, yeah, who thought that? Yeah, it was terrible. They made an effort with the uh, the, the entranceway thing, didn't they? They had the... The brickwork there, but that was about it. Literally, everything else just looked exactly the same. Oh, they had some black ropes as well. That was the difference they made yeah. to the ring. Three weeks into the show's uh, life, RVD and Sabu were arrested for possession after they had been stopped speeding. I know, right? RVD, of course, this time is still the East W and WWE champion. Sabu yeah. is one of the headline players on the brand. So they got arrested. The following day, WWE announced that one investigation being carried out by the company, Van Dam was still eligible to compete because he hasn't hadn't actually been found to be confirmed internally yet. This got called as BS immediately and seemed to only be there so he could get the belts off him. And funnily enough, the next night on Raw, he got the WWE Championship to Edge, and the night after that on ECW, he dropped the ECW title to the Big Show in the Extreme Rules match. The day after yeah. that, the company announced he was suspended for thirty days. The internal investigation was concluded right after he dropped his two championships. It's an odd coincidence, that, isn't it? Yeah. At this time on TV, Paul Heyman had turned heel and had sided with the Big Show. Big Show was his chosen pick to lead the, the brand as the dominant champion. Big Show, ECW champion. Mm, now, his his reasoning makes sense. There's, there is, in, in theory, there's no one more dominant than the seven foot, 500 pound athlete. But Absolutely. This is a big show that could not give a shit at this stage. He, he, he was so big at this point. Gen, he was, I mean, beyond the, the name Big Show, he was he was out of shape. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't yeah. work. This was Big Show at probably his lowest. Yeah, no, it, really, it really was. He just he just didn't didn't have anything that would kind of have made a, a, a standout champion out of him. Like when Mark Henry was ECW champion later on. That, Fair enough, yeah, he's a big, dominating guy. Like, he wasn't ECW, but it, it, it's the same sort of principle that this big monster guy can be your champion. It just didn't work with Big Show at all. As time went on with Big Show as champion, you had more crossover from WWE, like The Undertaker challenged for the ECW Championship one week. Ric Flair came over and challenged. It was a, it was a, it was a WWE show. It was WWECW at this point. It was, it was normal. It was cookie cutter. There was nothing to specify and differentiate between any of the brands anymore. Um, August 1st, memorably, they actually had the balls to run the Hammerstein Ballroom with an ECW show. Mm-hmm. And they main evented with Big Show versus Batista. Batista, that was it. Yeah, I remember that. Crowd took that and, well, didn't they? <laughs> oh, I've never heard a reaction that negative. <laughs> I mean, who? I mean, Vince, obviously, being Vince and thinking they'll do what I like, power, and that's it. But who booked Big Show versus Batista in the main event ECW show at a known ECW stronghold? Yeah. And doesn't expect anything different than that. It's kind of like Vince is just sabotaging it from this point of view. So Big Show, at this time, is champion for, for about a month or so. Um, a couple months after that, heading into October, RVD beat the Big Show in the non-total match. This was actually his second non-total victory over show. There was a stipulation put in place by Heyman. If RVD beat him that second time, he could choose when he would face Big Show for the championship. At this time, December's member had been announced. So RVD said, I want to do it there. December to remember, an ECW pay-per-view, our own ECW pay-per-view, I want to face Big Show for the championship. 
Big Show's manager and lead here and general manager Paul Heyman said, you can have that shot, RVD, but you won't be alone. We're going to have the first ever extreme elimination chamber for the championship. And it'd be RVD, Big Show and four other people in that chamber. Uh, each pod would have a weapon in it with them that would get then released with the wrestler. So not like weapons all over the ring, purely within a chamber, like mm. in a pod. Is that really two extreme? people starting a massive disadvantage? Yeah, exactly. Let them bring um, surely just have it all over the place. Just well, have yeah. like stuff hanging from the chains. Yeah, like they did what fifteen years later with uh, what was it? Uh, Dean Ambrose and Jericho. Yeah, exactly. I mean, WSW did that in their shows before this even happened. They had weapons hanging from a triple cage, yeah. I believe, at one point. Hmm. Uh, over the next few weeks, there were singles matches held to determine the other four challengers. Sabu beat Kevin Thorne, CM Punk beat Mike Knox, and Tess beat Tommy Dreamer. Yep, that's Tommy Dreamer, ECW original, losing to Test. More on him later. Yeah. Uh, Hardcore Holly was named, just named, didn't even have to win, was named the sixth and final entrant on the November 14th ECW show and was about to sign the contract to confirm his participation, but he was attacked by Bobby Lashley, who had moved over from SmackDown to sign the contract to appear on the ECW pay-per-view and challenge for the mm-hmm. Yeah. And Lashley was a babyface. This was supposed to be like the big thing. Oh, God, he's outsmarted Paul Heyman. Problem is no one cared about Bobby Lashley. Like, no one give a shit. It's taken me 14 years to actually enjoy Bobby Lashley's work in the ring, and that's only because he's with MVP and some other good, really talented wrestlers. Uh, the following week, Heyman booked an Extreme Rules match. Again, that's an Extreme Rules match in ECW. Between RVD and Holly. Was that the one where Holly got his back sliced open on the it table? Was. That yeah. was horrible. That yeah. was horrible. Yeah. Uh, the stip was that if Holly won, then he would take RVD's spot. Randall won the match, and that was that. Uh, Survivor Series was actually took place a week before uh, December to December. Um, there was some ECW presence at the pay-per-view. Uh, RVD team with Sabu, Lashley, John Cena and Kane to beat Big Show, Test, Umaga, Finley and MVP. And then on the go-home show before December to December, uh, Heyman took the six participants and mixed them all up and gave us three singles matches, which saw RVD beat Sabu, CM Punk and Test went to a double countout, and Big Show lost by DQ to Bobby Lashley. So that set us up for this. Now, outside of the main event, there was nothing else promoted. There was nothing else done. Raw and SmackDown didn't mention this pay-per-view whatsoever. Um, on ECW TV, uh, there, the Hardys, actually, at the ECW press conference, the Hardys, uh, so at the December press conference, they said, we're going to team up one more time. We want to open challenge to anyone in the industry to show up at December's member and face the Hardys. Yeah. Uh, so it ended up being Eminem, who attacked Hardys on the go-home show to this pay-per-view. One night reunion, because they, they already were separated. Uh, and we got a tag team match book between two teams who weren't even teaming at that point and were pretty much single guys. <laughs> yeah. So heading into a pay-per-view, we had two matches announced and nothing else. Yeah. And you could tell when you watch through the pay-per-view that this is being put together on the fly, basically. So you had the Hardys and Eminem, who aren't ECW-branded talents nope, at, all. at all. They've got no story other than you've accepted a challenge, yeah. and that's the only announced match other than the main event. Yeah. So Eminem, uh, they come out first, and they get booed out of the building. <laughs> yeah. So we had, uh, say, that, that was the opener. Uh, we had Stevie Richards beat Rene Dupree in a dark match. Stevie Richards... In a dark match on the <laughs> <Stubby> paper. <laughs> Brilliant. 
Uh, straight away as the show opened, there was lots and lots of pyro. The first thing I put in my notes was, this is an ECW. Like, <laughs> this is an ECW. Uh, the crowd are really enthusiastic, really hot. Obviously, they don't know what's to come, so bless them. They're completely clueless. <laughs> in this intro, Joey starts. Joey was on commentary with Taz for this. Yeah. So straight away, that's ECW, because Joey always commentated alone in ECW, but Vince didn't like that. So remember. Got yeah. During the intro, Joey Styles loudly proclaimed that tonight there'd be a new ECW champion crowned. Mm. How do you know that, Joey? Big Show is not. <laughs> Big Show's in the match. Like, this isn't winner becomes champion. So you've spoiled no. that there is going to be a new champion. Yeah, there's a defending champion in the match. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> also, the Flash Announce team. That's not ECW. Yeah, I, that was one of the first things I noticed. That they're on there for ages as well. Like, what? I don't, I don't ever remember them having them back in the, the ballroom. <laughs> Two Spanish guys sat there. Yeah. So the match starts. Uh, straight away, Taz is like, the ECW faithful in the house. They're in Georgia. How is this faithful? Uh, yeah, they've not travelled for this. Um, yeah, I mean, they love the Hardys. Fair play. Uh, Matt and Jeff are re- really over with the crowd. But it's a WWE, WWE crowd. That's why. Um, uh, Joey says that this is the only time we'll see these four men in CW. So why are they here then? Yeah, Hardy becomes WWE CW champion, doesn't he? Along the way. Yeah. And Johnny Nitro becomes a long feud with CM Punk. Yeah. There's no follow-up to this because they've already said this is the only time we're going to see this. Like these four are not going to stick around. Yeah, it's, it's essentially pointless. It's a really pointless match. Uh, I forgot how bad Joe Mercury was. He doesn't suit that haircut at all. His face is too small for those dreads. Yeah. It looks ridiculous. But I don't know. Jeff. Jeff's just so over. Like he is. He. Yeah, I mean, even even Matt. I mean, to to a degree. But it's all about Jeff, and Matt's just there with him. But did you uh, did you hear Taz's really good question at one point when he said, and this is Taz the commentator who said, "Can I just stop talking and watch?" <laughs> Taz during this match he uh, I, I actually tweeted a line that he did uh, Mercury there really targeting the leg of Matt Hardy when he had Matt in an armbar <laughs> Taz just perked on Molina for the whole show and he well did. Did for the whole match it was uh, it was yeah, between perving on the women and making gay slurs towards Michael Cole and others um, I've, I've yeah. highlighted those in my notes as well, we'll go this over. was 2006 <laughs> yeah uh, ECW yeah. faithful tried a she's a crack whore chant towards Melina which ended very quickly and wasn't even sold by the commentators although Melina did briefly acknowledge it when she went I'm not a crack whore and put and like did a and stuck a finger up at them yeah but that wasn't really acknowledged either so that's great <laughs> Um, did you notice the refereeing? Scott Armstrong was refereeing this match, and he yeah. was awful. Like, multiple times, Eminem would come in the ring together, double-team a Hardy, and he would just stand there and go, yep. I mean, in theory, that's fine. That's ECW. Let them in. But don't... <laughs> but this is ECW. Hardy's coming in. Like... Yeah. But at one point, he for a good two minutes, Eminem double-teamed a Hardy, and he just stood there and didn't do a thing. Then, I thought my uh, yeah. my network had gone weird at one point during this match because they ran the exact same sequence um, five minutes after they'd already run it in the first place where they kind of did the, the wheelbarrow throw Jeff. And yep. They'd already done this this whole sequence of like two minutes worth of wrestling. They just replayed it. So unless something had gone wrong or they just completely, completely lost between the four of them. I think they did. Uh, <laughs> there was a holy shit chant for Jeff at one point. Now, it wasn't favourite really. He just jumped from the jumped. top rope onto them. How yeah. is that? That's what? Yeah, that like, maybe feel like they're just they're des- they're desperate to get that over at this point. And, oh, a man jumping over the rope, brilliant. <laughs> uh, the match was fine. It went on too long for me. For what they were going for, it went too long. The crowd were dropping out about halfway through because Eminem 
couldn't sustain the heat when they were in when they were in control. Uh, it went. That's too long. Uh, the finish was a double twist of fate by Matt from the top. Jeff got the swanton onto both really men. Win. Yeah, the finish was good, and it was overall oh, well, it was an okay match. It was well the best match of the night by default. Yeah, <laughs> but it was just too long for what they were trying. It was pointless. There was no follow up. It was no really in doubt. The Hardys were over. There's no reason for them to lose this match. Yeah, it was a house show. It was a house show match. The babyfaces win. Yeah, definitely. Up next, Matt Striker comes out and institutes Striker's. Bear in mind, no matches are announced at this point now, so we have no idea who's booked or anything. So, uh, Striker comes out and says Striker's rules, which are humour for this match. It wasn't actually said that way, but the referee seemed to just be okay with it. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, no eye gouging, no hair pulling, no top rope moves, and no bad language. Mm. So he faced Balls Mahoney. Now, <laughs> this reminded me, do you remember when they released action figures around this time? Yeah. And they had to call him B Mahoney on the action figures because yeah. shops wouldn't stock it. <laughs> Balls. Yes, B Mahoney. Mum, can I have my B Mahoney action figure, please? <laughs> that sounds like a Poundland knockoff version that you know. <laughs> but the whole gag was that Stryker would actually break his own rules to get an advantage. That was the gag. It wasn't yeah. funny, it was obvious, and no one cared. And no, Stryker's not very good. The, the best thing about this match was Joe Styles. Uh, at one point, he said, you've got to worry about a guy who wants to sit on his own face because Matt Stryker had a picture of his own face on his ass, on his trunk. Awful. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Balls looked all right. And actually, Balls, I mean, he lost a lot, he lost a lot of weight to actually when hmm. he got signed. So he, he yeah. did try, bless him. And he was over. Like, even when he wrestled on a non-ECWM, obviously, ECWM didn't have his own fans. It was just anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. So he was over. That was good. Uh, he won the Spinebuster, which no one took seriously because it's not a finisher. It's, no, it's a transition. Yeah. It's like, he bought Arn Anderson's, yeah. Batista's. Yeah. They're, they're big Spinebuster people. They're actually... That's like a Survivor Series pinfall kind of move for these it was guys. Spinebuster as well, not even yeah. a proper one. Yeah, so got the win. That that was it. I mean, the match was bad because Striker's not very really good, and no one knew what they were doing. It wasn't booked. There was no story. There was no history. There was no nothing. It was no. Taz did uh, question Matt Striker's sexuality, and that's that's two for two. Taz, good job. Okay, brilliant. We will tab on that as we go through the night. Uh, backstage, Sabu is seen knocked out and unconscious. Uh, which the crowd are chanting bullshit. They, they're they on to it already. They know what's coming. Uh, Joey and Taz do raise the point that if Sabu of all people was knocked out cold, what the hell was done to him? Yeah. Which is a good point, but no one yeah. cares. It's, you, you, you can see the writing on the wall at this point for this show. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, they timed this so badly that when they cut back from this to the entrance of uh, Turkai and Burke, the crowd was shouting bullshit so loud Brilliant. as these two lads walk out. Super. so bad for them. Yeah. So yeah, Elijah Burke and Sylvester Turkai. I forgot about Turkai. Fourteen I years old back in the day. He was yeah. one of my. He was one of my guys. One of my boys. He had a look. I'd love yeah. to know. Well, actually, I was going to look at some try, try and find some backstory on him, but I forgot to do it. But well, they call him this great yeah. MMA fighter. He had three matches and he won two of them, lost one. I mean, that's it. Still better than CM Punk. To be fair. Oh, yeah, he's got two wins. <laughs> uh, FBI Nunzio, oh, sorry, Little Guido and Tony Mamaluke, along with Trinity, who was wearing an outfit that had more holes than material. <laughs> Yeah, she basically her entire ass out. And my God, did Taz love it? Oh God, like it's it's creepy, but a little bit funny oh. when uh, when Laura does it because we all know he's an absolute. Um, <laughs> careful with my. Well, he's too old for him, but it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's an old, he's a creepy old man. Taz is just like, oh, you're like, don't do that. No, no. And also the cameraman. I mean, mm. was Kevin done working this show? I don't know. <laughs> 
But there's issues there. Kevin Dunn's got issues. Taz asked at one point when it's where um, Elijah Burke gets his juju beats from. <sighs> Jesus Christ. I mean, he's gone two for two in gay references so far. I mean, that's <laughs> definitely a racist uh, comment. Yeah. Um, I like Burke. I think he has star presence and charisma. I've always liked him. And he went obviously to TNA as well, didn't he? Did pretty well, uh, there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, however, is distinctly not ECW. I mean, this is the absolute antithesis of ECW. This could not yeah. be any more anti-ECW. Fans were chanting TNA throughout this match. I noted that, actually. Which is hard uh, for the FBI, because they're all right, I thought. Yeah. Hot tag to Mama Luke at one point to absolutely no response. I mean, literally nothing. It was dead in yeah. there. I mean, these are ECW guys. There's not many on there. You yeah. think they should be behind them at this point, but they're not. They don't care. Uh, the finish <laughs> on the ECW show was the ECW guys getting beat. Uh, Sylvester Turkai punched Mama Luke. He then went into the ex- large experience, which is a stroke. And got the win. After the match, Turkai used a muscle buster, which caused the commentators to go, what's that move? We've never seen that before. <laughs> the stroke and the muscle buster. Yeah. Two moves from main eventers from TNA. I mean, yeah. after Joey was like, oh, I do know what the muscle buster was. I was being sarcastic. And Taz went, yeah, okay. But it was just like, a, what are these moves? Um, really? really? Yeah. It's not long, Taz. You'll be seeing those every single week on your commentary on yep. TNA. <laughs> match wasn't good. There was no heat. Again, there's no backstory. There's, there's no reason for people to care because there's no there's no stakes. I mean, Bischoff on his podcast always says, if you haven't got stakes, what have you got? Like, you have to have a reason to invest and believe. If there's nothing on the line for these people in the match, why should we That's put any emotion into it? Exactly. Yeah, this is the shortest match of the night as well. Think of that. Some two two matches following it with longer than this. <sighs> Sabu backstage being taken into an ambulance. RVD and Punk were, were there as obviously baby faces. No Lashley though, who's the lead face now? It seems on the back. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, but RVD and Punk were there. Uh, back to ring. We have Davari come out of Great Carly. Carly almost knocked himself out on the uh, hanging little thing. That was out right. Who puts it right in front of the entrance when Big Show and Carly are working the pay per view? I was terrified that this was going to be a Carly match. Thank God Davari got in the ring. Yeah, right, right. Uh, so, yeah, Carly accompanied. Now, I did actually know Mickey J. Mickey Henson was a referee. Now, that, does that mean that he now has refereed ECW, WCW, and WWE, technically? Yeah, I think yeah. That's got to be a first. Because yeah. little Nate never worked ECW, has he? No. To my recollection. Nick Patrick never worked ECW. No. Like, as a proper ECW, like, suited, like, yeah, uniform proper. official. So, has Mickey J got, like, a, a place in history as being a recognised referee in the three major promotions it must have done john comb was also one of the referees tonight uh, yeah okay so he's done two then yeah but yeah scott armstrong yeah he did all, all of them oh he was on there as well he was in uh okay. wcw so, and mountain <laughs> was scott armstrong WCW as well yeah i thought he would have worked there because of obviously the armstrong at one like they've, they've all gone through wcw at one point yeah so. he did wcw smoky mountain wcw tna wwe wwe TNA. Wow. <laughs> he's been everywhere boy he needs the aw gig and he's set for he's sorted <laughs> there brilliant. so davari is here taken on the the original ecw original tommy dreamer yeah some ecw chance it's good good for him yeah, but not the level I thought he was going to get, no. to be honest. But then this isn't East W Town, is it? So it's... Exactly. It's Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Taz is suggesting that... Uh, they, they ignore this match. They're talking about the Sabu thing. Uh, Taz is suggesting that maybe RVD or Punk attacked him. Joey's like, but no, basically saying, they're baby faces. They can't do that. And Taz rightly putting up the yeah, but every man for himself. Take out Sabu, take out a threat. Yeah. He's got a point. He's got a Maybe. point there. The first point he's made all night at two hours right. into this pay-per-view almost. 
There is literally no hope for this match at all. <coughs> no, I went to make a coffee. Nothing. Awful. The finish was a roll-up. Oh, good. <laughs> a roll-up. Dreamer lost on the ECW show to a roll-up. To Davari, yeah. I know, uh, and then yeah, the the uh, dreamer was paralysed, wasn't he, on the uh, on the entrance way? After what makes it worse is that Carly was thrown out during this match, so the heel who had an advantage of the seven foot giant lost that advantage and still won cleanly. The one, yeah, yeah, now, yeah, the clean, yeah. The commentator has even said, "How did that roll up work?" They they, <laughs> they even said that doesn't make any sense. Um, as you said, uh, dreamer got slammed by Carly <laughs> on, the, on the stage. Uh, it was sold as like this almost near-death experience. Oh, God. He said, I can't, feel Dreamer, my legs. I can't feel my legs. Yeah. <laughs> Dream, Dream sat up, got a bit of a pop and crawled back through the curtain and that was it. Yeah. Then they showed like a million replays of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Backstage, Paul Heyman walks in to Hardcore Holly's, either his locker room or whatever. Hardcore Holly's dressed to compete, which they'll bring up later, but that was weird. Yeah. Uh, and Heyman gave Holly the spot in the chamber and the crowd hated it. Yeah, more bullshit chance, more TNA chance. Um, <laughs> this is not even an ECW town and they took Now, bullshit. it's not ever specified and it's not even really hinted at, but I'm guessing we're supposed to infer from this that Harko Holly attacked Sabu. Uh, yeah. right. But i watching the ECWs that followed this and I'm not going to, to find out why <laughs> Sabu actually did get taken out. Um, yeah, let's just assume it was Holly. <laughs> But they, they, they actually were sat now in case I forget. During the chamber, they actually Taz and Joey were like, "Hang on, why was Holly dressed to compete? Why is he even here? It's not booked." So I think they're alluding to the fact that obviously Heyman had plotted this so he could have three of his guys in the chamber. Yeah. Um, test is is a Heyman guy, and Holly was it seems as well. So I think the the illusion is that Holly, under Heyman's orders, showed up, got dressed to compete, knocked out Sabu, and then got the spot. Worst stable ever. Horrible. Absolutely awful. Big show test and Bob Holly. Right, penultimate match, another non-announced match ahead of time. Kevin Kevin Thorne and Ariel. I forgot about Ariel. Wow, I yeah. forgot about Ariel. I like this act. Uh, I like um the, yeah. the tricks. Again, it's Kevin Thorne and Ariel, they're vampires, and they they, they the live the gimmick. High, of course. Yeah. He he lives the gimmicks, this boy. He does. Uh taking on Mike Knox and uh, Kelly Kelly. The story is that Kelly Kelly is an exhibitionist. She's actually called the exhibitionist. The exhibitionist. Kelly Kelly. Yeah. And Mike Knox is her jealous boyfriend because Kelly has a crush on CM Punk and Knox doesn't like it. So Knox is a heel because he's jealous. And obviously jealous men are heels. Yeah. That's the law. Yeah. But Kelly's a baby face because she takes her clothes off. So yeah. it's a really weird, really, really weird dynamic in this. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, this is this is terrible. The, also, Mike Kelly's Knox. over. Knox isn't. No one cares about Mike Knox or Kevin Bourne. He, he may as well not be there. Because it makes no difference to this. Like before the match, Kelly takes the mic and wishes CM Punk the best of luck for his chamber match, and like Knox goes mad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, the match is awful. Uh, the yeah. guys, it's a big hoss fight, which usually is fine, but yeah. it just doesn't work tonight because, again, there's no story. There's no crowd. There's, not, yeah. there's, there's no crowd interest. Yeah, uh, you take out Kelly. Kelly comes in and screams for three minutes. Yeah. Uh, women get in the ring. Kelly goes to the tag. Knox walks away. Uh, that's your story. Ariel, pins, uh, Ariel keeps attacking Kelly. Uh, people trying for CM Punk. Then the Sandman shows up. Yeah. It doesn't the same because Enter Sandman only works as a song in this situation. Whatever crap they're playing, it's just white noise. Generic rock. Generic free rights rock music. 
Um, he shows up. Sandman, he, he, looked <laughs> he looks old, but he's in good shape. Yeah, he looks decent. But yeah, the, um, the first smash his head with a beer can cuts his head wide open. It's not a gimmick I'd be doing personally, that one. No, I wouldn't. Knocks the crap out of form with the kendo stick, though. Yes, he does. That looks good, and Thorne sells it well. Um, it, when he hits him in the head, he fully hits him in the head and almost knocks him off his feet. Yep. But Sam has with a beer in his back pocket. I never realised that before, that he wrestled with yeah. a beer in his back pocket. I like it. Yeah, he does. Well, half the time he wrestled drunk or high. Right. <laughs> yeah. so. uh, right, this is it. After half hour of us talking, we get to the main event of a two, well, just over two hour show. Uh, yeah, two hours 15 this goes, and this main event yes. is uh, 24 minutes of the, uh, <laughs> the entire runtime. Wow. So, big show defending the ECW World Championship against Lashley, RVD, CM Punk, Hardcore Holly, and Test in the first ever and only, surprise, surprise, Extreme Elimination Chamber. Before the match, Lashley has a promo, and the crowd don't like him. And rightfully so, Lashley can't cut promos. I I hate Robbie Lashley on the mic. It's one of the worst. One of the absolute worst. Paul Heyman comes out before the match and says, amongst other things, and this this line actually stuck out to me, long after my death, ECW will live on. Now, as we come to know, and we'll get onto this shortly, I wonder if that was a comment that was more about the fact that the legacy of his company will live on because Mm. he knew about to leave. Because it just... Given what we know and what had already happened throughout the night, we we understand, you know, rumours and everything. Yeah. To say long after my death, ECW will live on, that seemed like a very poignant comment to me. Yeah, he. I think he knew, didn't he? He knew what was coming. He knew that the, the, this main event was not going to be a success and the rest of the card was an absolute shocker. He must have already heard from Vince that, what the hell is this? Yeah. CM Punk got a big pop, obviously, because it's CM Punk, people like him. Tess got nothing, and I've written down here, he looks like a walking steroid. <laughs> his back knee is absolutely disgusting. It made me feel... His first thing, he's like, his arms, muscles, it's, it's just... I mean, SummerSlam 99, where he did the SummerSlam match with Shane, the lover or lever, when he looked really good, he was like quite slender, quite built, jacked, looked like a a proper superstar mm. here seven years on my god what's happened to him it's far too big far too big and he's, yeah. he's wearing uh trunks which uh, you know is always the kind of key where if you want to be a main event you have to wear trunks jericho did it triple h did it uh doesn't work for test he's 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 disproportioned yeah his legs aren't as big as his upper body he just looks stupid <laughs> rbd is the most over guy in the match to no surprise whatsoever. He gets the only big star reaction of the night. If this has been an RVD versus Punk title match, fine. Good way to end it. Make it a hardcore match would have been brilliant. But no, unfortunately, this the four other WWE guys in there just stinking up the place with their terrible weapons. Uh, they had the weapons in the pod, so Big Show had the barbed wire baseball bat, Punk had a chair, Tess has a crowbar, and Lashley has a table. <laughs> the most cumbersome of weapons well, to get in and out of a pod. Uh, RVD and Holly start the match. Nothing happens. Like for five minutes, nothing happens. Yep. <laughs> Punk comes out next to a huge response. Uh, Punk and RVD have a bit of a an okay, bit clunky, but it's an okay exchange. Yeah. Uh, RVD's busted open. At first, I thought it was hard way, but then for what happened after with the crowbar and test, I wonder if it was a uh, if it mm. was intended. Uh, Punk leg drops him onto a chair, and Punk uh, RVD come up bleeding. 
Either the end punk the only two that are over. Like no one cares about the other four just men doing at all. Some good action around that chair. Like punk's just throwing it around and Ravi throwing it and then punk catching it and getting kicked in the face of it. I love that sort of stuff. It's really good. Um And then it all went downhill. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Punk gets knocked down and yeah. RVD hits him with a frog splash and yeah. RVD eliminates Punk. Now, the crowd initially popped for RVD getting the pin, mm. but then thought, shit, that means Punk's out. <laughs> Boom. It, it, was the, it was the damnedest, like, mo- like mid-second, like, yay. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. Man, what have we done? <laughs> yeah. So after this, Test hits Holly with a big boot, pins him. The ref stops at two. But then the, the the commentators say Holly kicked out, but then the ref rolls Holly out the ring. Styles says, no, no, he kicked out at two. Holly disappears. And then after, like after Holly says, Holly, uh, Styles says Holly was eliminated. So yeah. the thing is, Holly didn't kick out. So why did the ref stop at two? I totally missed all of that because I was tweeting at the time. And I had no idea what was going on until Test um, was... Did he eliminate RVD. Yeah, then Test hits the top right, well, top of the pod at elbow onto a steel chair onto RVD and pins him. So, in literally in the space of less than two minutes, yeah, Punk gets eliminated, Holly yeah. gets eliminated, and then RVD gets eliminated, leaving us with the amazing trio left in the ring on an <laughs> ECW pay per view of WWE's Bobby Lashley, yeah. WWE's Test, and WWE's Big Show for the ECW World Championship. <laughs> and I wonder why Heyman give up at this point. Yeah, there's 10 more minutes in this match as well, and it's good job the big show was out last because he would not have lasted. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally missed that hardcore thing. I didn't realise until there was the three guys left and Styles said <laughs> we're down to three. I thought, what the fuck's Bobby? didn't even notice that he was gone. Yeah, what's that to him? The crowd were all over the bullshit chance as soon as I got pinned because they knew. I mean, you had no idea what was coming the minute Sabu got taken out, but this was like the confirmed, like, okay, East W mean nothing. Like, this is all about WB at this point. Uh, Lashley is supposed to be this, this you know, underdog babyface taking on these two big men who are on, you know, who are on Team Heyman, and no one cares. Like people are chanting, "Where's my refund?" Uh, Lashley got Lashley come out the pod, and then was kind of awkwardly grabbed the table and like broke through the top, and he got the table stuck on the cage, and it was yeah. just horrible. Because they locked him in the cage, and he, they wouldn't, they couldn't open the gates. What what is their end game of this? How how do they how do they win this with Lashley so, forever in a cage? So Heyman's security are the two guys in riot gear. Yeah. I can't remember if they were actually anyone or they were just random people. Yeah, I want to say the Bashams. I don't know why, but in my head the Bashams played that role. I think role, it was but right, actually. I can't I can't think. I, I can't honestly I don't care enough to even check. <laughs> but they locked Lashley in the in the pod. But as you said, why? Because it means the match never ends. Yeah. Big Show's there going, oh, and Lashley's like, no, oh, let me out. Yeah. I don't want to see another five hours of that. I don't know what the end game would have was <laughs> until he gets bored. I don't get why people do that. We saw it with Triple H and Flair once with Goldberg. Like, yeah. What can him in do? You can't, you can't beat him down. He's he's behind, apparently, block <laughs> or really hard plastic. Bulletproof glass, yeah. Uh, Lashley gets out eventually. Uh, the crowd don't care. Like The crowd literally do not care. They haven't left yet, bless them, because they're thinking, well, we paid for this, so we better stay. Something might come back. It was horrible. TNA chants were there. Uh, Lashley beat Test, uh, and then it came down to Lashley versus Big Show. Big Show bled, uh, got thrown to one of the pods. Big Show was all... <laughs> he was he's overweight anyway. He couldn't move. He was blown up straight away. Yeah. 
he, well, he had to come out last. He couldn't have worked any more than the, the 10 minutes that he was required to here. Yeah. No, no, uh, yeah he tried a choke slam. It got reversed. Lashley hit a really bad spear and he won. There he was won. no like big achievement. There was no like, oh, he's done it. He's overcome the odds. It was people booed. No one cared. It was horrible. Yeah, nothing back to Michaels winning that first chamber match and winning the title and the, the celebrations and the emotion. And I think if Bobby Lashley said that. Two hours and 15 minutes on usually the accepted was 2.45, three hours for a pay-per-view-ish. Yeah. Goes off the air at two hours 15. And it was really awkward as well. It just ended. It was like, Lashley's done it. Bye. Was this, was the, this was the fifth ever Elimination Chamber match. So it's still kind of like this, all oh, this big, scary thing. And then done four more previously. The Michaels one that he won, the Triple H when he beat Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, Triple H when he beat all, everyone else again. With Michaels as a ref. And the Cena one at New Year's Revolution. Um, so t- some pretty good ones, really. And then, yeah, this one. This. Well, but that was supposed to be extreme. You had four weapons. <laughs> that was it. Which were barely used. Barely used at all. So that was the pay per view, but there was so much more going on throughout the night that mm. we come out later. So basically, the the story goes is that Heyman wanted Punk as the champ. Punk was over; he was building up the card at ECW. Obviously, Triple H apparently Shawn Michaels didn't want them. He they, Punk doesn't know how to work. He's he's one of those indie guys. Yeah. Let Heyman have him. Do whatever you want. Heyman thought, right? Let's have Punk be the centerpiece of this brand. Big Show was leaving. He would actually turn out a contract soon after and leave the company, Big Show. So he was on his way out. Big Show wants to put Punk over. He was like, Punk's the guy. I'll lay down for Punk. Happy to do it. Yeah. And Vince was like, no, no, it, it's Big Show. It's Lashley. Punk is not the man. Punk is not getting that belt. Uh, Lashley was booked to come over from SmackDown, sign the contract, get his way in, blah, blah, blah. And he would win the belt. He would be the big baby face. Um Andrew Goldstein, a former WWE writer, was on the PW Talks Livecast show and uh, basically said, Heyman was adamant, we have to have Punk go over Big Show, we have to put these W total on this guy and let's ride him. Vince was, uh, whether it was a good idea or not, Vince was saying, because it came from Heyman, was like, no, no, it's Big Show, Big Show, Big Show, Lashley, I'm making this my own, Paul, shut up. That was it. That was your creative discussion. Big Show wanted, uh, Heyman and Big Show wanted Punk, Vince was like, no. That was it. Could have been so much better. If Punk had won this, the final two of him and RVD, this this paper gets looked at as it in a completely different way. Uh, after the show, the show was so poorly received backstage that Tommy Dream and Stevie Richards both asked to be released from the company. That's how <laughs> bad the show was. But John Laurinaitis said no to both of them. Of course he did. He'll keep you around. Uh, during and before and after the show, Heyman and McMahon were literally at loggerheads. When Heyman wasn't on air and on camera, he was arguing with Vince, it seemed. Uh, <laughs> back and forth. The following, uh, the following day, literally mid-morning, WWE's website announced that Heyman had been removed from his position. He was actually escorted from the building the night Extreme. of the pay-per-view after. Yeah, he was literally escorted from the building. Uh, the announcement on the WWE website... About was, that, really, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he had been removed due to, they said, dis- a slumping television ratings and a disgruntled talent roster as causes for Mr. Heyman's dismissal. Really? You're going to put Heyman at fault for a disgruntled roster, half mm. of which are you guys anyway, yeah. and slumping ratings? I think the words fall guy are, uh, should be attached to this. 
Shortly after this, Heyman had a meeting with Vince and Steph and then left the company. He didn't actually, he was still under contract, but he left the company and had no dealings until Brock came back. Not for a long time. Years later. Yeah. He only came back because Brock said, I'm not coming back without Paul. Yeah. And it was okay, well, we better get Heyman back then. Otherwise, Heyman may not be back at all. He's been back and done probably his best work most recently, yeah. really. He's been brilliant as uh, with Roman. He's revitalized Brock. He's revitalized Roman. He yeah. revitalized Goldberg. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the Stone Cold podcast with Austin years later, Heyman actually spoke about the ECW stuff and said, I didn't know where it was going. It was a very personal fight between me and Vince. I was burned out. I was tired. I lost my life for it and I couldn't find my way anymore. It's fair enough. Isn't so, it? Yeah. Um, following this, Vince is easy. Oh, God. How many times do we hear it from guys who say you can't work for Vince? Like, if you survive anything past a year, you've, yeah. you've achieved so much. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the aftermath of this show going forward, Lashley would hold the W Championship to April when he lost it in a handicap match to Vince McMahon. <laughs> it was Vince, Shane, and Umaga against Lashley, and Vince pinned Lashley to win the ECW Championship. An ultimate act of trolling, isn't it? I know, right. Uh, Lashley got the belt back at One Night Stand 2007, but then vacated it eight days later when he got drafted to Raw. The vacant belt was then won by Johnny Nitro, and of course that was the night where Chris Benoit should have shown up. Yeah, because he was busy elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, uh, he beat CM Punk at Vengeance. Did Nitro? Uh, CM Punk beat Nitro to win the belt on uh, September first. Held it for three months, then dropped it to Chavo Guerrero. Chavo was his W champion. Fold it. Fold the company. <laughs> Um, going on further down the line, names such as Matt Hardy, as you said earlier, Jack Swagger, Tommy Dreamer, Christian would go, go and hold the championship. The I remember final, the Christian run as yep. being remember okay. Christian, do you remember yeah. Christian's actual comeback when he showed yeah. up on CW out of nowhere and the contact went? It Matt Hardy, it was wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Christian was supposed to help Edge on yes. Rumble and they had Matt turn on Jeff because everyone knew it would be Christian. So it was like, no, we can't do it. It's too predictable. Yeah. And it was a random episode of ECW where Christian showed up and the commentary just, I can't remember the commentary was, literally just went, with really deadpan, went, it's Christian. <laughs> was it? Like, no big, like, oh my God, Christian's back. <sighs> Do you remember the last recognised ECW world champion? Yeah, Big Zeke. <laughs> oh my God. Ezekiel Jackson was the last ECW world champion. The core for life, mate. The core for life. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Uh, over time, before it got wrapped up, ECW fully become a WWE show. Uh, the company logo was all over the turnbuckles, WWE everywhere. Uh, ECW logo was removed from the mat. It was WWHD banners everywhere. They they went HD. And then on February 16th, it aired for the final time. And on the 23rd of February, NXT took its place. And that was it. Christian is the fifth longest reigning ECW champion of all time, all of ECW incarnations included. In the- He's held the belt for more days than Terry Funk, Mike Awesome, just incredible. <laughs> Rhino Sabu. <laughs> now, December to this member, do you think it deserves the hate that it gets? Uh, honestly, no. I think it, it is terrible, but. I enjoyed moments of it. There are there are pay per views during this era that I absolutely just could not stand to watch, or that I turned off. I watched this in one sitting the other day. Uh, I live tweeted all the way through it, which probably helped. Uh, I think if Twitter had been around at the time, it might have been more not not well received, but it would have been um, more fun to have watched live, probably. Yeah. 
I don't know. We've we've we before we started recording, we went through two thousand six as a year, and Jesus, it's not a banner year for WWE. Um, I think, it, yeah, it, it is terrible, and the buy rates are probably justified. But I I think though there are worse pay per views I've seen before. I couldn't name them off the top of my head, but we'll we'll probably cover them at some point. <laughs> we seem to we seem to pick the bad ones. Uh, I think if it was a if it was a WWE show. Branded and like a normal like uh, capital combat or capital punishment or whatever the really bad like mid nineties or mid two thousand shows were, yeah, which obviously followed on. Um, it would be offensive, but not that bad because it was branded as an ECW show, and yet so much of the talent was was a, with WWE guys through and through, and that main event ended with three WWE guys challenging the ECW belt that makes it worse because of the association. Yeah. I think that's why it gets, I mean, it's an awful show and I hated it then. And I hate it now. And I've gone for a, a whole glass of whiskey. Got to talking about this show with you today. And I'm glad I wasn't drinking when I watched it earlier this week. But, um, I think it's the fact that it's got the ECW branding, it makes it worse because of what that company meant. Watching yeah, it as it happened. Yeah. Of course, no, it's not, it's not. And you, you know, and it's a completely bastardized version of it while they're still trying to pull it as ECW and this great history that the company has and you've got that being presented. Yeah. They had uh, Armageddon 12 days later and they just come off the back of Survivor Series, which was 26th of November. So eight days before that, it's the, it stood absolutely no chance. It was just thrown in there to give ECW a bone and yeah, it was a bone covered in shit. <laughs> well there's your episode trailer <laughs> um thing is i mean as soon as they booked the, the venue for it, it was done i mean augusta georgia straight away is booking it a week after survivor series giving it no creative attention on the tv shows other than ecw tv mm. it was it was dead from the beginning it was dead in the rival it didn't have a chance and it it, it caused the end Heyman left the company because of it uh the any original talent wanted to leave basically that thought oh, i can't I, I i want job security but i can't work for this company more i want to leave and yeah it somehow the company still went for another well the brand went for another three four years after this yeah i'm just looking at the armageddon card which was it, it only had eight thousand people in there of a maximum capacity of thirteen thousand. kane versus mvp the boogeyman versus the miz gregory helms versus jimmy Rangang. Batista versus Batista and Cena versus Booker T and Finley. Like, I mean, that's not great, is it? There's, that's awful. Yeah, Kozlov versus Scotty Too Hotty in a singles oh, match. Christ, what's the, what's the point in that? <laughs> like, that's how bad SmackDown was at that point. Yeah, when you got Kozlov and Scotty Too Hotty is on a main card of a pay per view in the last ride match. I mean, this paper didn't stand the chance anyway because of the, the climate. 2006 is an awful year creatively for the company. Mm. Yeah, it, it really is. And then we got into 2007 and then DX reformed. And we all, we all enjoyed that, right? Well, remember, one night stand 2006, uh, what, six months before this, happened right at the time DX reunited. Yeah. Because, they did, because I think it happened, the, the go-home show, mm. what, six days before one night stand, DX reunited. So, and Vengeance was a week after because DX did the squash job on the Spirit Squad at, D at Vengeance. Yeah. So, 
they kill themselves. They sabotage their own brand by booking such a major thing like DX coming back six days before ECW is doing pay for you, where you're crowning a new champion <laughs> to set him up for the TV show launch years after that. What are you doing? Awful. It was doomed. It was doomed from the start. Absolutely doomed. But Sci-Fi paid him a lot of money, so you know. Keep going. Yeah, books were balanced, and they got rid of Heyman. Long it was a long it was a long con, but they got rid of Heyman one way or the other. Yeah. Right, we uh, we promoted this show. We decided this show two weeks ago. Uh, we've delivered it now, for better or for worse. So you're welcome, I guess. <laughs> um, going a bit behind the scenes, we have discussed uh, our, one of our future topics. Obviously, we're going to get back into Thunder shortly, probably next, oh, actually, yeah. once back into Thunder. Uh, I've been watching some Thunder recently to, to brush back up again. Can't wait. And it's, it's, uh, it ain't good. That's all I can say. It ain't good. Is it better than, it's better than this? It's better than this. <laughs> but we have been looking at a, uh, another W pay per view, haven't we? That we maybe, we, we shouldn't, but we're probably going to end up covering <laughs> at some point. But actually, we might merge before we record this. Actually, we were talking about maybe instead of doing one pay per view, which we picked about maybe merging it into a look at pay-per-view retrospective covering all of those particular shows over the time period. So yeah. we might, instead of just doing one particular show, we'll take a, a show and look at the incarnations it had. Yeah. Taboo Tuesdays. Here we come. Cyber Sunday. Cyber Sunday. I used to actually quite enjoy those, but no, the one that stand pay-per-views, um, they started well, uh, they got they got terribly uh, bad towards the end, but the first couple were, were proper hot shows. And yeah, we wanted to kind of have a look at the uh, the old kind of the arc of one night stands. Yeah. So uh, next week, which will be New Year's weekend, we we will either be bringing the thunder once again, or we'll be delving into the history, good, bad, indifferent shit of one night stand. So it'll be a surprise for you and us, I think. Actually. <laughs> Yeah, and watch some of those over the next uh, eight days whilst I'm housebound. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of ECW watching for me. Um, so yeah, that was December to remember. Uh, if you have any thoughts, um, bad or indifferent, because there's no good in there, then uh, let us know in the normal multitude of ways uh, on Facebook at Ring the Bell Show, on Twitter and Instagram at Ring the Bell Pod. Uh, Ross, what's the email address? Uh, Ring the Bell Pod at gmail.com. Uh, you can also leave us a review, and if somehow you think we've earned any kind of star rating whatsoever uh, on Apple Podcasts, you can also subscribe and share and recommend on Apple or Amazon Music Podcast or Spotify or Google Podcasts or anywhere else you get your shows. As always, especially at the moment, we are COVID-free, maybe, um, <laughs> and we are currently a Tier 4 podcast. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Give us the support. We need it. Yeah. Um, but for now, thank you for indulging, uh, putting up with us, tolerating, bearing with us, all of the above and then some. This has been December to December. And this has also been Ring the Bell. Merry Christmas once again. Uh, thank you for your support over the last year since our big return and our consistent feedback and regular listeners. Uh, thank you. It means an awful lot. Yeah, thank you very much. Merry Christmas to you all. Have a happy festive season if you can see your families then make sure you enjoy it this has been Ring the Bell I've been Andrew and I've been Ross Andrew yes ring those jingle bells <laughs>